Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the CX Cast. I'm your host, Angelina Jenis, and today I am joined by a colleague, Betsy Summers. She is a principal analyst on the Future Work team. Hey, Betsy, thanks for joining. Hi, Angelina. So happy to be here. Of course. And today we're going to talk about performance management, but I wanted to take a step back and have you tell us a little bit about what you cover here at Forrester. Sounds good. So I am one of your colleagues on the Future of Work team, of course, and I cover specifically human capital management. So that's the realm of technology and strategy that HR and people leaders use to support their employees and also support organizational objectives. HCM, as you know, the acronym, is huge. It's a huge category, and it includes things like payroll and benefits and compensation strategy, but also includes things like talent management, which is learning management and performance management and recruiting, talent acquisition. So it's really all of the technology that you could think of where organizations try to empower, enable, and manage their employees. And uh, it's gone through a big revolution in the past 10 years, and performance management is one of those areas that's changing rapidly. So, okay, for the CX audience, I think they can already pick up on the fact that their colleagues who care about HCM are good colleagues to partner with. But maybe you could tell us a little bit about how performance management as part of that connects to CX. Totally. So I actually have a kind of personal story to share. One of my previous companies had a customer obsession or customer intimacy goal at a high level, the executive team decided, hey, we want all of our employees, not just our kind of customer facing employees to care about care about our customers and have that as a high level goal. My job was sitting in marketing at the time, I had very little interaction with customers on a daily basis. I sat in the kind of marketing strategy area, and a lot of us were really, really clueless about how that top line goal would filter down and impact us and how it would change the work that we needed to do and how we would be measured on it so that there was no connection to the work that I was doing. And I had to kind of draw very, very long walk around the park dotted lines to make the connection between my role and customer experience. And so that's where our performance management system could have come into play. The the strategy for performance management is all about how do you incentivize the behaviors that drive company results. And so if CX is a big executive level goal and you want to filter that down to your entire employee set, it must be reflected in your performance management expectations of your employees. And not just how you manage the employees in terms of their performance and what you expect, like from a top-down approach, but also how you empower and enable them to achieve those results. Okay, so we want to achieve those results. And it would be great if there is some turnkey solution to tap into. But I'm getting the sense that not every organization has performance management where it should be. Some are advancing in this and some may be behind. What is the state of the performance management market? Yeah, that's a great question because performance management, and and I think most people would acknowledge this, but performance management is pretty broken within organizations today. 
I see several reasons for this. One, it's really hard to make a change in performance management because typically it's tied to compensation. And messing with how people are paid is a really, really big deal and must be done thoughtfully and with a lot of strategy. So it's not something that someone would impulsively say, oh, we need to switch out this system or we need to change our strategy, that it takes a long time to consider those changes. And then another is it's just so embedded in maybe people's expectation of how HR interacts with its employees that sometimes the traditional performance management process of that, you know, the annual goal setting where maybe you just get your goals. Sometimes they're not even co-created with employees, but you just like receive your goals in a system and you might read them, you might not. Then maybe you have a kind of mid-year check-in with your manager to see how you're tracking against those goals, but that is typically optional and not all companies do it. And then at the end of the year, the manager is expected to give an appraisal of your performance based on those goals and your entire year of work, and then ascribe a number to you, which then affects your compensation. It's very top-down. It's very removed from the way that work is done today. 70% of workers believe they're rated unfairly, and only 2% of HR executives think that their performance management systems actually work. So I think across the board, we're all in agreement that it's terrible and it's time for a revolution, not just with the tools we use, but the strategy underlying it, right? Because technology is not a strategy. Who would lead this revolution and who would be involved in formulating this strategy? So typically in terms of like who buys a performance management system and who owns the strategy, who runs it, it typically resides within HR and your people structure. HR itself has many names sometimes. It could be the talent team. It could be the people team. It could be the HR team. But regardless of how they're called, it's typically like the higher level centralized function of people who manage employees or who hire them, hire to retire. I have seen specific functions like speaking of OKRs and OKR methodology, specific functions might bring in their own performance and productivity management tools like an OKR system, maybe specific to tech or something like that. But I do see more success when they are aligned and centralized because it has to, it has to both contribute and reflect company culture as well. You can't have varying ways or conflicting ways that people are managed and that people are rewarded for their work. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it it jives with really a lot of the cross-functional work that CX and EX leaders are trying to do. They can push for more involvement or cross-functional influence as well. So CX and EX leaders can push HR and try to influence them in the right direction to show them KPIs show them the return on investment for connecting the kind of customer obsession metrics that they want to track within their functions and spreading that out into the entire employee set. Ooh, I love that. Okay, so are you seeing a change in Tide? Are there organizations that are starting to change how they approach this? Yes. So there have been a couple of waves of performance management change and revolution, like over the years, for a long time, people recognized that it was broken. And so there have been experimentations along the way with how 
different companies are trying to really change up how they design and implement and execute performance management. One major change is focusing on data more than, let's say, the opinions and judgment of others. So as much as they can, these organizations are trying to bring in work analytics, maybe from Salesforce or from their file system or anything that would kind of show both either productivity or end line results. So revenue results or time to close a case or anything like that, trying to bring in any metrics that they can and feed that into performance management so that the manager, when they're looking at end of year performance for an individual, they're not just relying on their own opinion and their own perception and lens and I mean, it's just full of bias if you're just doing that and you only have one voice to rely on. Another way is that different companies are experimenting with new types of tools that are more around performance development instead of performance management. And so this is more about recognition and feedback and making sure that people have the tools they need and they're focused on career growth instead of just top-down management and handing down of goals. There's a lot more co-creation and collaboration when it comes to performance development. So there, there are a few things that I think organizations are doing and investing in new types of tools. And then, of course, we mentioned before OKRs. Those are very, very popular for trying to streamline and also drive productivity and performance within teams to give them very, very specific projects and results to chase and to push team performance. One thing I love about OKRs is that if done well, it's very co-creation led. So, and also it's very clear how one individual's work ladders up to what the company is really trying to achieve. And so it's kind of like a root cause analysis, almost like a waterfall of seeing how your work is connected to your manager's work, who's connected to their functional leader's work, who's connected all the way up to the C-suite. So I really like that in terms of OKRs and using common language and common metrics. It helps everyone get on the same page. So, okay, it sounds like this could be a bit more dynamic too, you know, as opposed to having your goals set when you first join the company and they kind of just maybe pile on more goals every year. That seems to be the way it usually works. You could be a little bit more, I hate to use the word agile, but a little more agile with, you know, this year we need to focus on customer obsession, here are OKRs, and next year we're going to become more sophisticated with what that means and have different OKRs. Is that sort of the future of this? I think so. I mean, it's definitely, it should be iterative in nature. And so that's what I hear you saying in terms of, you know, setting a goal and then the next year being a little bit more intelligent about how to achieve those. So you adjust your OKRs. Absolutely. You should also be able to do that inside of a year, right? Like how many times have we had priorities change or new product lines developed and launched within a year that we didn't know about at the beginning of the year? And so the performance management, the, the strategy and the tools you use have to reflect the speed of business. So the goals itself, setting a goal has to be flexible within the system. And there are a lot of traditional performance management systems out there that won't really let you change a goal. And so that's actually just a real 
real functionality problem that kind of ladders up to a rigidity in the system that's not helpful. Which is such a shame. It's like, we don't have a button for this. So we're just going to completely ignore our business objectives here (laughs) and keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And people get used to those systems, right? And then they, then the system and the tool limits your strategy and limits what you can imagine to be possible. And so that's one of the cycles that I really see leaders get trapped into, especially if they've used their their HCM system for several years, even decades. They get locked into this, well, that's just the way it has to be. It's not just the way it has to be. You have total control (laughs) over your tech stack. So if that tool doesn't serve your strategy, you can find a new one that does because there's a ton out there on the market that given your company culture and what you want to achieve and how much flexibility you want to provide to your employees to kind of co-create their own goals and lead their own development and performance, all of that is possible. Can you tell me a little bit more about how recognition and reward can work in performance management? Is there new thinking around that? Well, we know from our employee experience research that recognition and praise from a manager is a significant driver of engagement. And I would think too, not just from a manager, but also your coworkers as well. I think there are a couple things that recognition and rewards, and those are two separate things that we should definitely kind of talk about independently, but recognition and rewards have a huge impact on someone's employee experience because it really helps someone feel seen. Like they're the work that they're doing, the contribution that they're making, if they're getting recognition and praise for that, I, I think that really, really matters. I think also there's a difference between you know recognition and feedback. So a lot of the conversations that I have with clients about feedback itself is more around like, how do you structure feedback well? What kinds of feedback should people be encouraged to give each other? And so feedback is different from recognition and is different from rewards as well. So rewards, of course, being how people are celebrated or rewarded, maybe compensated. But, you know, compensation is only one lever that you can pull within rewards to encourage the behavior that you want to encourage within your organization. So people should be incentivized to behave in the way that you expect. And that's that's a pretty old management axiom, but it's still, it's still very, very true. But people want to be seen for the work that they're doing and celebrated for it. Yeah. And it has implications for culture when you're talking about how we give feedback, how we recognize, how we reward. Absolutely. Yeah. I I actually had a conversation this week with a client who was asking about uh, anonymous feedback. And I was like, no, (laughs) don't do anonymous (laughs) feedback. Can you imagine walking the halls, knowing that you got some like weird piece of feedback that you want to follow up on, but you don't know who told you. I mean, imagine how that would make you feel in terms of culture and belonging and wellness and like psychological safety. So there are, of course, guidelines and limits to how you want to build that culture. And typically, I say, focus on what someone was able to achieve focus on what skills they demonstrated. Don't ask colleagues about what they can develop or where their areas of improvement. That's not the place of a colleague to say. 
it's also just their opinion. So love it. I have a lot of opinions about feedback. So, <laughs> and they're very controversial, but <laughs> insofar as, you know, performance management, it just helps to have as much data as possible, whether that data is quantitative or qualitative, to have lots of feedback, lots of data points coming from multiple people. And so, if you're doing a more continuous performance development type of process where you're giving feedback and recognizing people's contributions based on each project they're doing, like imagine attached to each OKR, you have a time for recognition and feedback, then you can start getting all of these continuous data points about how someone is contributing across the year. And you have a much fuller picture of their full contribution than just what the manager was able to see. Because the manager is not able to see everyone's work. And they already spend hundreds of hours doing these performance management reviews. And it's exhausting for managers. You know, throughout this podcast, we've shared a lot of examples of recognition for customer centricity. And it does run the gamut. It seems like you need top-down recognition, peer recognition, customer recognition, but you could go through a whole year of getting recognition and recognizing teammates for supporting those customer experiences and then not really have it organized or contributing to getting a promotion or you know having just a good annual review. So taking the onus off of the employee to have a little folder where they're moving every positive email in or it's always been on the employee to make the case that they did a good job after already doing what they were supposed to be doing. Yeah, isn't that wild? The good news is that there are several tools available today to aggregate that feedback. And they're maybe rightly marketed as culture building tools as well. Because if you have a place where people can go to kind of give their teammates kudos and give them shout outs and knowing that that is eventually going to feed into your performance management. I feel like that's a win for everyone, right? Because while it feels good in the moment, yes, to be recognized, maybe in a team channel on Slack, who's going to see that? Maybe your manager missed that or people don't have the right visibility. They can't even see it. And of course it doesn't get aggregated then into your performance management data. So wouldn't it be amazing if all of the kudos that you were able to get throughout the year or all of your results and all of the ways that you overachieved your goals was delivered to your manager then if you're still doing performance-driven compensation strategy at the end of the year so that the manager can then say, oh, this person got so much recognition for you know these five things and even went above and beyond helping them work on other projects that weren't even in their goal set, that kind of thing. So it just helps someone be a little bit more seen and then takes the onus off the employee and the manager to gather that feedback. Love it. Love the connections between culture and customer experience and Overall, just feeling like there is a better way to do things and there's some very basic work or considerations we can make to get started. Well, Betsy, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. It was my pleasure. I do want to leave you with one quote. The CEO of, the, of Great Places to Work said that every CEO should have a relationship with their employees 
And the way that you do that at scale is through technology. And so there are ways to make sure that people see, feel seen and recognized and build that psychological safety, even using tools. But some of these next generation performance development tools, I think can really help organizations achieve that while also achieving the very important company goals that every organization has. Love it. For those listening at home, if you want more of Betsy's wisdom, she's on Forrester.com. She's on LinkedIn. It's Betsy Summers, Principal Analyst at Forrester. And we will see you all next time. Bye for now. Thank you.